Hello everyone, this is Lisa Fields, the founder and president of the Jude 3 Project, and I just want to take this time to personally thank all of our monthly supporters. We could not do what we do without giving from people like you. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. And if you're not a monthly supporter and you would like to become one, you can go to jude3project.org and hit the donate tab and sign up. We are grateful for you and we hope you enjoy today's new episode. God bless. Hello, welcome to the Jew 3 Project podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Fields. I'm the founder of the Jew 3 Project. Hello, everyone. I'm Pastor Lewis Fields of Grace International Church in Jacksonville, Florida. And I'm so grateful for this opportunity to share with you during this conference from the subject, Raising Kids That Don't Hate the Church. This is a very interesting topic, but one that needs to be dealt with. I'm thankful to the Jude 3 Project for allowing me this opportunity to share with you. Raising kids is one of the hardest jobs that any parent would have. But it can be done with the proper tools and the proper guidance. So today we want to share with you uh, some principles that will help us, especially as pastors and leaders, to raise our children. And on top of that, leave a good taste in their mouth for church and the things of God. God has blessed me with three wonderful children, Lisa, who you all know very well, my oldest son, Louis III, and my youngest son, Michael Andrew. I'm so very proud of all three of them. All three of them are very successful in their endeavors. But one of the things I'm most proud of is that they still love the church. They all three are different. Believe me, all three of them are different but all three of them add value uh, to our ministry and to our church. I don't claim to be a, uh, the best parent in the world or uh, the best guide in the world, but I have learned through my own personal experiences and have implemented those in the raising of my children. And by the grace of God, they've all turned out pretty good and they still like church. So I want to share uh, some practical points with you today that might help you in raising your children so that when all is said and done, they'll love you and they'll love the church as well. Proverbs 22 and 6 teaches us that we ought to train up our children in the way that they go, and when they're old, they shall not depart. These are not necessarily promises, but they are principles that we can live by. So let's look at a few principles. Let's share uh, so that we can make sure that we're equipped as it relates to raising our children. One of the first things that we need to do as parents, especially parents who are pastors or leaders in the church, is to know your child. And in order to know your child, it requires you to spend time with your child. I know we're all busy, we all have full schedules, but it's important and it is necessary that we carve out 
quality time to spend with our children. You don't want to spend all your time with the church and then not spend time with your children. Your children are your priority. The church is God's priority. He takes care of the church. Your children are your priority. It's required of you to take care of your children. So spend time with your children and show interest in the things that your children are interested in. I'm not saying that you have to sit down and play video games if that's not your thing. I'm not saying that you have to go out on the field and play football with your child if that's not your thing. But show interest in what your child is doing. A funny story um, with my boys, they all played Pop Warner football. And when they played Pop Warner football, it was extremely hot. We would always have to get up on Saturday mornings early Saturday mornings, go to the park, sit out in the sun, sweating and all of that while they're out there playing on the field. I hated it because I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> but because they were my children and because they were interested, I was going to be there even if I didn't want to be there because they were more important to me than how I felt at the moment. I would be sitting out on the field and some parents would look at me and say, hey, Mr. Fields, you look like you don't want to be out here. I say, you're right, I sure don't. But I'm out here for my children because every time they turned around and looked up in the stands, I wanted them to see their dad. So it's important that you show interest, even if you're not necessarily interested, show interest in the things that your children do. Also recognize that your children are individuals. They're not the same. and Therefore, you can't treat each one the same. I guess you say, well, these don't seem to be necessarily geared to leaders, but children are children. Whether it's a pastor's child or a manager's child or a grocery worker's child, children are children. So it's important that we look at them as individuals and treat them that way. Don't have an unrealistic expectation for your child. I've had the privilege of being around many pastors and around many pastors' kids, and I've been able to see different ways that pastors have dealt with their children. And sometimes the pastor or the father can have an unrealistic expectation of his child. He can expect the child to be just like him or like her, can expect the child to be as smart as someone else or, or what have you. But it's important, as I said earlier, that we look at our children as individuals, but then that we don't place unreachable expectations for our children. Don't expect perfection when you yourself are not perfect. Always give grace, even when your children mess up, whether it be publicly or privately. Always give grace. If you remember your Father which is in heaven, always graces you. He's a God that is full of grace and love, patience, forgiveness, and kindness. We are to emulate our Father as it relates to our children. 
Be gracious to your child. Don't put undue pressure on your children as parents and don't allow even the church to put undue pressure on your children. One of the things that I tried to do and my wife when we were raising our children in church as pastors is not to put them in the front, so to speak. And what I mean by that is to put them in a place where they're always pressured, where people are always looking at them and expecting certain things for them. I wanted my children to grow up and be who they were. And if they were going to be in the back, that was fine for me. If they wanted to be in the front, that was fine with me because I knew they weren't me and they weren't my wife either. So we didn't want to put pressure on them. I've seen pastors who always had their children in the forefront. And so that pressure was always upon them. And when they got an opportunity to get from under the pressure, boy, they ran. So you don't want to put undue pressure on your children and don't let others put pressure on your children. They are children. And yes, foolishness does lie in the heart of the child, as Proverb writer says. But don't allow people to put pressure on them. Give them a chance to be children. Give them a chance to learn and to grow as individuals. Don't try to make them what they're not. You know Lisa, she, Lisa is a preaching fireball. My other two sons, not so much. <laughs> That's the least thing they want to do is preach, at least at this point in their life. I don't know what the future holds, but not at this point. Uh, but it doesn't matter to me if they ever preach or not. I want them to be who they are. I just want them to know the Lord, but I want them to be who they are. I'm not trying to make them something that they're not. I've seen uh, many times where uh, pastors have tried to make their children a pastor or a preacher when that was not what the child wanted to be, at least not at that point in their life. And it caused damage to the child. So give that child a chance to learn themselves, to learn what they love, to find their calling, to find their place in the church. Remember that they belong to you. I alluded to this earlier. The church belongs to God. God will take care of the church. I've seen many times, um, close up and personal, uh, many pastors and leaders who did not have time to spend with their child. I remember one in particular, there was a pastor's son who wanted to learn how to drive. And his father would always uh, tell one of the members of the church, take him to drive, teach him how to drive. And though it may have seemed small to some, it was big to the child. And it was very hurtful and harmful to him because he said to himself, my dad got time for everybody else. He got time to counsel people. He got time to marry people. He got time to bury people. He got time to preach. But he doesn't have time to teach me how to drive. That's all I want is my daddy to teach me how to drive. 
As I said before, God is responsible for the church. The church will go on an hour or two or three a day. The, ch- the church will survive without you. Remember, that child belongs to you. The Bible said, what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? I would say, what would it profit a preacher to save the whole world and to lose his children? So it's important that we do all we can to cultivate, to motivate, to stimulate our children, to love them and and to give them what they need and also to keep a good feel or a good taste in their mouth for church and the things of God. One of the most important things that we can do as parents is live a life before them. What you do in private matters just as much as what you do in public. The way you live in private will affect the way that your children see you. You can't preach in the pulpit on Sunday or or lead a ministry in the church or be whatever kind of leader you are. And do a great job at it publicly. But then when you get home, you're fighting with your spouse, you're impatient with your children, or you're not living a Christian life behind closed doors. All of these things affect your children. Some children will not serve the Lord or go to church because they'll say, Uh, That church thing ain't real because my parents did this and my parents did that. Oh, in front of everybody, they, they were wonderful. But behind closed doors, they were a mess. The way that you live behind the scenes will directly impact the lives of your children. Don't be a superstar in public. And behind closed doors, you're a mess. I know none of us are perfect, and all of us have bad days, and all of us go through bad seasons. But even in the midst of it, we must strive to live a Christian life in private before our children because they're watching. Sometimes we think they're not, but they are. We think they're not listening, but they are. So it is important that you keep that in mind because your children are watching you. It's not what you say. It's what you do. It's how you live before them. That matters. That matters. You have an awesome responsibility as a parent. As a parent who is a pastor, a parent who is a leader. Is it easy? No. As I said in the beginning, it's one of the most difficult jobs you will ever have. But it is doable. God has given you the ability. He has given you the grace. He's given you the tools through his words and through uh, vehicles such as this and others. So that you can do a great job at raising your children. 
as I said earlier, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes in parenting. If I could rewind, I would rewind and redo some things, but I can't. But this is a great opportunity for you, especially those of you who have younger children, to develop and shape your children and to cause them to not only love you, but to love the church as well. One of the other great things that we have to do as parents who are leaders is learn how to say I'm sorry. There's been times where I may have lashed out at one of my children. Maybe I had a bad day. Maybe things weren't going well for me. And I got home and and it may not have been anything big at all, but because I was agitated, they, they did something and I snapped. I had to learn how to go back to my children and say, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. You have a responsibility to repent to your children when you've done wrong, when you've spoken wrong or acted wrong or punished wrong. Tell that child I'm sorry. This matters to them. When your child messes up, I. My children, they were not perfect growing up. And sometimes they did some really bad things. But I always tried to give grace. Even when I scolded or, or, or punished or whatever the case may have been, I would try to go back and just as I punished, I would try to embrace them and let them know, yeah, you did wrong, but I want you to know that I love you. I want you to know that I forgive what you did, and I'm not going to hold it against you. I'm not going to bring it up again. Don't punish your child over and over again by bringing their mistakes up over and over again. Remember what you did? I remember when you did. God doesn't do us like that. The Bible says when we repent, he forgives us. As far as the east is from the west, he takes our sins. So when our children do sin, when they do make mistakes, when they do do the wrong thing, be gracious to them. Don't remind them of their past wrongs. I'm so glad that God doesn't do me like that because I've done some stuff in my life, and I'm talking about after knowing him. But he never reminds me of what I, do, what I did. The devil does, but God never does. His grace and his mercy is continuing. His mercies are renewed every morning because I fear him. So remember that concerning your children. So what are some points we want to remember? We want to remember the importance of spending time with our children. We want to remember that it's important that we interact with them and that we show interest in the things that they're interested in. We want to recognize their individuality we don't want to cause undue and unrealistic uh, expectations. We don't want to expect perfection. And we always want to give grace. We don't want to give them undue pressure from us or allow people in the church to put undue pressure on them. We don't want to make them what they're not. We want to let them grow and evolve and become who
who they are. We want to remember that they belong to you. They're your responsibility. They're not only your responsibility, they're not to be passed on for others to raise. You raise your children. I remember a quick story when we were, we just had Lisa. Lisa was just born. And my wife was in the choir. And uh, she was saying, well, I'm going to get back in the choir. I was like, no, you're not. See, we didn't have uh, a nursery or children's church or things like that at that time. And she said, I'm going to get in the choir. I said, no, you're not. You're going to sit down with Lisa in the office. You're going to keep our kid. We're not going to let nobody else keep our kids. We're going to keep our own kid. Because I saw the importance of us raising our own child. Let me say this, too. Make sure you keep an eye on your child. Make sure you take care of your child. Because I've seen so often in the church realm, people will pass off their children as, because it's convenient, but not realizing that other people are doing damage to their children. They don't know the person, or they think they know the person that they're passing off their child to, but they really don't. And years later, find out that the very person they were passing off their child to was violating the child or something of that nature. So even though it may seem convenient and easy to do to pass off your child to sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so or minister so-and-so, make sure you watch your own child. Because many uh, former kids who are adults now hate church because that's the place that they were violated. So as I get ready to close, so remember they belong to you. The church belongs to God. God will take care of the church. You make sure you take care of the child. What did I say earlier? What would it profit a pastor to gain, to save the whole world and lose his children? Remember, the way that you live in private is just as important as the way that you live in public. It's not what you say. It's what you do. I hope that these few moments together, just this talk, this casual talk, I hope these words have helped you in some way. I pray that as those of you who are still raising your children, I pray that these tools that have been given to you today will help you and assist you in the raising of your children so that they won't hate church. Again, I'm so grateful to God that my children, they still love church. But I know there are a lot of children right now who don't like church. Now, I know kids go through their time of rebellion and know they don't want to go to church. And yeah, I understand that my children did that. But I believe because of the way that we raise them, the principles that we use, and also by the sole grace of God, they have turned out well, and they love the Lord, and they love uh, the people of God, and they love church. Maybe you have raised a child that now they don't like church. It's not over. You have the opportunity to go back and, and maybe fix some things that were broken. 
you have the opportunity to go back to your, your child and say, you know, I, I didn't do a good job when I was raising you. I made mistakes. I, I just didn't know. Or I was so caught up into the ministry and the calling that I put that first above everything, even you. But I see the error of my ways. Uh, repentance can do a lot of good and it can cause a lot of healing. So even if in the past you have not done such a great job, go back. Go back to that child. They may be grown now, but go back and say, I'm sorry. Would you forgive me for what I've done? And you might just see God work in the heart of that child or that adult and see that heart turn back to God. Because the principles and the precepts, the word that was deposited in their heart is still there. The seed of the word of God is still in their heart. And that apology, that asking for forgiveness, just might be the sun and the water needed to make that seed grow and cause that child, that adult, to turn his face back towards the Lord and to begin to love the church of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Thank you for listening to me for these few moments. I pray you are blessed. I pray you continue to support the Jude 3 Project in any way that you can. Again, thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Jude 3 Project, for this opportunity. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Jew 3 Project podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can tune into all our past episodes at www.jew3project.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Remember not only to subscribe, but also rate us. That helps us to gauge how we're doing and how you're enjoying the show. And it gives other listeners some ideas about the show as well. So thank you so much for tuning in. Also, remember we have our Bible engagement app in partnership with Back to the Bible to help you get better engaged in the Bible every single day. You take a survey, it assesses your strengths and weaknesses and sends you Bible verses based on those. So it's a great app. You can download the app by searching in your app store or Google Play, searching Jude3 Project, and it'll be right there for you. So thank you again. Remember, if you would like to become a monthly partner or a one-time giver, you can do so on our website or by mail. Just go to Jude3Project.com, hit that donate tab, and you'll see the option to mail in a gift or give online. We appreciate you, and I'm so, so thankful for you. God bless, and remember, here at the Jude3Project, we're helping you to know what you believe and why you believe it.